Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Uses Better podcast, powered by Hobbs. Hi all and welcome to first what we hope is many other podcasts we're going to be doing over the next few months. Um, some of you may know me, I'm Dave McCormack and I look after uh, the Uses Better LinkedIn group we have. And we started that over 12 months ago and we now got over 700 people on it. So we'll put links in that in the... Um, in the post so you can join us um so the poke the, the focus oh my god i'm losing it already the podcast we're going to be running over the next few weeks we're going to focus on topics in the bid industry and news and you know and we can try and get you guys involved with a mailbag um and just give you our thoughts on what we're thinking and make a bit more light so today i am joined by um alison collier um who works with me on a few projects um so, Alison, are you here? And do you want to tell us about what you do? I am here, just about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm present in the room. Um, yep, my name's um, Alison Collier. Um, I am the director and owner of Two Teen Limited, um, which uh, supports many organisations um, like Dave's at Hobbs, um, doing various bids, um, bidding activities, um, ranging from things like, oh, God, what, what do I do, Dave? Bid management, oh, process design, writing, reviewing. <laughs> keeping me on track, generally. Yeah, cleaning, um, cooking, anything that <laughs> <laughs> anything required within a bid team, providing snacks, anything like that. Um, essentially, <laughs> essentially, that's what um, I deliver. And, and also, at the moment, doing a lot of work with um, with Hobbs. I'm pleased to say, which is working out really well. Excellent. Um, so yeah, so I think the format of these um, podcasts, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at maybe one, maybe two main main titles a week, and then we're going to have a, a mailbag. So today we're going to do. Um, as it's our first one, we thought we'd do an overarching state of the nation piece, which sounds a bit glamorous, but actually it's where the hell are we after COVID. Um, so obviously, you know, we've had three years of change and dramatic change at that. And we've seen the impact that's had on people's lives, how people work. Um, and I think everyone's getting a little bit sick of it, to be honest, with the... Um, Suppression. Going, with the, yeah, exactly. So... I think it's um i think we need to draw a line in the sand and not so much move on from that but actually understand where we've come from where we're going to um what we're seeing in the marketplace so i mean obviously there's some big um topics around recruitment um the, the sheer volume of work so come on you, you kick it off you tell me what you think yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think, um, you know, it's been it's been a strange three years. There's been lots of impacts, um, lots of things that have happened, um, almost biblical, I think, in a sense, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, no, no one could have predicted this five years ago. We never saw it coming, that's for sure. No, no, no one, no one saw it coming. And just the, you know, the the impact on not just the economy and our cultures, but also the impact on people as individuals has just been astronomical. And um, trying to navigate your way through that, especially as, as you know from from owning a business and trying to um pick up work especially in the industry that we're in um not going to lie it was quite tough at the beginning um but as you know i'm i'm one that likes to focus on the positives of situations and whilst you know covid was a very negative situation in a lot of aspects actually there have been some positives that i think that we need to focus on um yeah. that, that have come out as output so um one of them is obviously the 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 boom in the industry at the moment i mean i don't know about you but i'm seeing so many opportunities coming through i think it's i think it's really interesting because i mean 
I I did a, um, a webinar a few a few months back now where someone said to me, you know, what's you know, have we seen this before? And the answer is, I saw we saw, I think we saw it on a mini scale. So for those that you are, are old like me, um, we had the, the sort of, <laughs> I know it's terrible. The um, we, you know, we had the banking crisis back in two thousand eight. Whilst yeah. nowhere near on the scale of what we just seen, what we saw is is the same effects happening. So you know, immediately with bid teams, a lot of them got culled um, because people panicked more than anything, and companies panicked. I thought I saw there as a, a bit of a, a change in the way that people were doing bids. So I think that was the real sort of origination of the boom of sort of graphic design yeah. contenders and, and actually focus on, you know, being aesthetically pleasing and being easy to understand and easy to comprehend as yeah. opposed to just being words on page. Uh, and the government, of course, sit there and go, we've got to kickstart the economy. Let's just throw everything out there and get all the bids going. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And I think that as much as, um, you know, everyone has their particular standpoint on the government as it is at the moment, the one thing that we can say is that the way that they've driven the economy via procurements has been has been quite positive. Actually, you know, there was that stagnation when everyone went into lockdown. Obviously, all the public mm -hmm. sector workers were focused on actually dealing with the problem, which is quite right and correct. Now that we're seeing the procurements coming through, it's um, it's a positive sign. It's like when um, when after the financial crash, you know, where there, there were no cranes across London because all of the oh, construction projects stopped and then it was like oh we can see the cranes again it's a sign that mm -hmm. the economy is coming back and it's definitely I think you're right I think it's definitely reminiscent of that time but just on a much larger scale oh, I mean it's yeah like I said I mean I think you used the phrase biblical before and yeah. um yeah I mean that's that's probably quite apt in this it's, it's a much much greater scale yeah. um so I think one of the, the the big flip sides from that has been where the hell has everybody gone um i think recruitment at the moment is horrendous mm -hmm. um yeah. trying to bring people into companies and trying to keep hold of talent i suppose on a better phrase you know we, we're seeing you know especially you, know, you look at linkedin all the time there's people changing jobs left right and center yes now at some point that's got to come to a natural conclusion I'm not sure. Yeah, so I, I always um, liken it to the um, um, to the property market. There's there's going to be the bubble's going to burst at some point, and you generally tend to find that with recruitment. I mean, I know we were having this discussion a couple of days ago, Dave, mm. weren't we, about the um, the permanent salaries um, yes. for bid managers? I mean, uh, when when I first started out, a decent bid man manager salary was kind of you know you're looking at maybe thirty five k, but in London that's doubled, and yeah yeah and um i think that if you're if you're trying to compete um and you're a business that isn't as large or can't afford those kind of salaries it makes it really difficult but also i think that the the trying to find the quality at the moment is um is difficult i think not necessarily with bid managers but bid writers i think it, it's um it's proving challenging i think the you know the yeah, I mean, it's like anything, isn't it? When, when you get a lot of people trying to flood the market, there is some good people out there, and I think there are some really good people out there. There's some not-so-good people out there. And I think it's it's quite a, a challenge sometimes, especially for companies to try and filter through. You know, and how would you judge, especially on, on, on the right, I suppose, it's a bit more tricky because mm. they've got to write you something to be able to actually see if it's any good. 
Yeah, so, but that's why I've always um, I've always liked doing the interviews with bid writers that actually get them to write something. Mm. Um, so write this for me, um, you know, pose them a method statement question, make them write it and then evaluate it yourself to to see what the quality is like. I always think that's a really good steer um, on the quality of someone's um, outputs. But I, th I think if we if we think about, again, the positives that have come out of COVID, actually, whilst we're whilst we're in this position where salaries are high, it's difficult to get good people because obviously they're chasing the money but everyone's everyone's tight for cash at the moment you know we've got all of these impacts on the economy the one good thing is um our ability now to work from home because I as, as you know I, I permanently work from home and I found when I when I started my business um I, I would get clients almost look at me like mm, can you not just come into the office like there was that reticence there was like are you actually going to be doing the work and now we've gone through this period where people have had to stay at home for for two to three years essentially um now people are more obliging and actually they see the benefits of people staying at home but in terms of recruitment it's good because it actually means that you can I mean, you're you're based in Manchester. I'm in London, and 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 it's it's good because you can actually go out to good people the whole breadth of the UK. So rather than having to think, oh God, I need someone in Manchester who's close, who can come into the office, who's able to commute. Actually, it doesn't matter if you've got a bid writer in London, as long as they're accessible and they've got decent Wi-Fi, actually they can do the work for you. So it truly makes turns your business into a UK-based business. I, I, I sort of I do agree with you on this and you know obviously we run a fairly comprehensive remote model the, the, the there is a challenge I like to put across that is that when we're bringing new people into the industry because obviously um, no we, we, there is a skills gap there is there is a massive vacancy problem at the minute mm -hmm. so one of those ways of looking at it is actually we go bring new blood into the marketplace Yes. So if we're if we're bringing new people on board, how do they learn? Because I know we can. I know everybody says, "Well, we've got online textbooks, and we've got YouTube, and we've got everything else going on." But I always remember when I first started my career, going back the decades that it is. Um, but I learned so much just by listening to somebody. Yes. Just by listening to conversations, and I, and also it's that social interaction. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, my opinion, this is mostly my opinion, like all things on this podcast are our opinion rather than our company's positions. Um, <laughs> well said, Dave, well said. Just to get the, to get the disclaimer in there for a bit. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my, my view on it is actually, um, you know, we need to learn, we need to develop, and the social interactions that you get online are completely different to what you get in the office. Yes. And I know people, and I know the flip side to that is people say, "Well, we lose so much time by gossiping, and we lose so much time by um, wasted time getting into input." And I, I get all this, um, but I do think there needs to be this happy compromise where, and especially on the younger generation, obviously, well, obviously we've got Emily in our place, um, where they need to experience that team as in with people around them and actually learn yeah. and be able to listen to and over you know eavesdrop on conversations more than anything yeah and, I, and that's the one thing that always scares me a little bit is are we going to get a situation where that goes missing 
I don't know. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I probably am completely wrong. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you are wrong. Um, I think it's. I think it's about striking that balance, isn't yes, it? And absolutely. I would agree with you in terms of um, entry level um, staff. Unfortunately, whilst YouTube is good and whilst, you know, you can Google pretty much everything, you know, it, it, there's there's no point trying to explain what a um, response template is. Essentially, mm -hmm. you could go and grab one off um, online if you really yeah. wanted to or you're that way inclined. But um, the one thing that it doesn't cover is experience. And, you know, and I know when it comes to bid management or anything to do with bids, um, there's there's nothing like the experience of three o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock deadline, you are still up, you're still trying to wade through responses and, 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 and you just, what you need, if you, if you are coming into the industry, you need someone who's been through those situations to navigate you to the right to the right course like whilst you know we've we've got best practices in place um and and processes that we all follow but actually you need sometimes that person to go actually i've done it like this before and it's worked really well so try doing it like that if you're up against time constraints as a, as an example but you're right having that personal interaction there um it, it does make a huge difference I'm, I'm i'm gonna sort of interject there on one point and sort of say the um whilst we've a lot of us have done the two, three, four o'clock sessions and the three night sessions. Um, it ain't the badge of honour that it was five years ago or ten years ago, and it's certainly you know, it. For me, I think if you're working that late, that smacks a little bit of disorganisation, running late. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's always. I would. I would definitely on. challenge that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, as you know, I work with a lot of SMEs oh, yeah. and. Um, I think that um, you know, in an ideal world, yes, completely agree with you. And as you know, I am I am militant when it comes to wasting time on bids. I I, I can't stand it. I don't like double handling. I don't like especially people spending time reducing word count. Oh my god, that drives me potty. Because if you're if you're a thousand words over and that takes you a day to reduce it, that's time that you could be spending making sure the quality of your submission is good rather mm. than you know messing around trying to reduce the word count. However, I do have clients where you know they're small businesses there might only be 10 people um yeah, you know and yet they're, they're they're very successful um just because it's you know there's a small staff doesn't necessarily mean they're not that they don't have large turnovers but you've got managing directors and directors writing bids on top of organizing their their work on top of dealing with clients on top of dealing with issues problems managing their business etc and you know that they, they, they know they need to win the business but it's striking that balance it's what what yeah. do you do win new business or make or your clients fall over and the service falls over so when I sometimes get the bids like that, it will be Alison. We've only <laughs> we've only got two days on this. Please tell me you're free. And the only time I am free is in the evenings. So it's like, right, okay, you chuck it over to me. I'll Mary Poppins my way through it, and uh, and we'll get it done. And we do. And you know, I think I I, I agree with you to an extent. I think that yeah. if 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 you're in a large established bid team and you you are working till three in the morning, something has gone wrong somewhere in your process. But if you're working with a a, you know a small business where um bidding is kind of you know most of the people haven't ever touched a bid before they don't know how to write they don't know how to collate the information together actually it almost becomes a necessity because that time overnight is the only free time that they have fair play we might have to edit my comment on that then later in the uh, the review 
this my short story. Um, no, no, no. I think it's good. I think it's, it's it's good to have the challenge, and it's good to it's yeah. good for people to understand that you know there's there's difference is the differences in um in bid teams and and the way people bid. Yeah. No. no I get that. I get that. So, um, moving on slightly, still keeping the same sort of thing, we have this year the APMP conference back live. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it's good to see this again. I know we've had a couple of years of virtual ones. Um, I know the one they had in Dallas earlier this year was, I believe, incredibly successful. I got I had a lot of good feedback from it. Um, and as it's the only major conference for bid professionals. Mm. that I'm aware of what's happening this year. I know the women bidding proposals were muting having an event. I'm not sure they're doing it or not. I should um, know that. You should know that, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, good, it's good to see you back in Heathrow, October 11th and 12th. 11th and 12th, yep. like, yeah. So, That's what um, you told me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't leak, yes. yes, yes. Um, no, there, there are some... It's good, you know, it's, it's good to see the industry getting that exposure again and actually be able to come together. Yeah. especially after the last couple of years and actually i'm expecting to see a lot of new faces there this year because um apart from the costs which are mm. interesting and eye-opening um it is worthwhile it, you know you, you do get some good talks there um, one yeah. of which is nice little segue into we're doing one as well, well with us raquel who's one of our um team members and then you know the group engagement manager over at hobbs um she's going to be running a talk on stakeholder engagement which will be um yes. that's gonna be interesting um i mean obviously we've been helping her with the the powerpoint deck which has been fun yep. um so just without stealing raquel's thunder and all of her messaging so we're going to we'll stay away from the messaging side of it but why now why is it now why do we why do we think it's important to talk about this because i mean obviously we you know yeah, I, I, getting people on board, and it isn't just—I don't think it isn't just stakeholder engagement; it's team engagement as well. Yeah, I think that's the, the key bit of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this this goes back to our earlier point actually um, about the working from home, um, actually having that physical interaction as well, and it's striking that balance. Um, and I think fundamentally, it falls down on the individuals and the teams and the people that that you're speaking to. I mean, as you know, with uh, engagement in bidding is is essential. Communication is essential. I mean, we can take it down to to a basic point: um, version control. Version mm. control. As much as we've got. Um, you know we've got things in place now that that help us with that say if you're working off sharepoint you can check documents out you can add comments to it you can see who's in the documents etc there is nothing nothing is better than just popping an email out to the whole team or popping a team's message out to the whole team saying i've got this document no one go in it for now you know to to make sure that you've got that version control and that's that's a really basic example of how much impact communication can have on bidding and you know especially if you're working with these larger organizations you could have a an established bidding team but then you've also got the the people within our team who are supporting yeah. and then you've also got your senior level stakeholders up there who are kind of you know needing to interject they might need to sign off they might be reviewing and it's how do how are you able to effectively communicate and engage with so many different people with different experiences um you know different levels of um understanding of bidding and how to do the tasks that are involved um so i think i mean communication is is probably one of the most 
crucial elements. It's definitely a critical success factor yeah. in bidding. And uh, there you go, your critical success factors again. I love a critical uh, success factor. And I think, you no, know, I mean, I know Rack's going to talk about it in talk, but I think there is a generational um, position piece on this because obviously, I think we're at the luxury now, or the luxury or hindrance, I'm not sure which one it is, but we've got such a mix of generations. So you've obviously got the um, the baby boomers, the God, I'm going to test my memory on the Gen Z. Um, what generation are you again? I'm not quite. I don't know. I think I'm Gen. Am I Gen Z? I'm not sure. I know. I, I'm. I'm a. I'm not a millennial. I'm, 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 you're one of those. I'm, I'm one of those millennials that yeah, everyone yeah. hates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, just. I'm almost. I'm almost in your generation, Dave. I'm not far off it. <laughs> I, I, might to, I might have to Google and find out what I actually am. Are you Gen X? No. Gen X. Is Gen X Gen Y? I'm not sure. X, Y, Z, I'm not sure. Um, Z, we'll Z, find out when we look at the PowerPoint. Yes, <laughs> that, is, that is very true. So, yeah, so no, so it's, it's interesting. You've got these four generations all doing different things, all using technology differently, all using communication differently. And I know there's common themes around behind it, but um, anybody who is going to the APMP conference, please attend Raquel's talk. I'm going to shamelessly plug it. Um, and we will shamelessly plug it for the next few weeks because it's. Yeah. in october so we're actually on day two at 11 45 so there you go um, but I, I think it's, it's it's definitely worth plugging and it's worth going to see it i mean obviously we've had a sneaky peek where we've been um inputting into the yes. um into the slide deck and the presentation itself but i think engagement as a critical success factor um <laughs> is one of those things that tends to be forgotten about and it is crucial we talk a lot about process we talk a lot about tasks we talk a lot about you know the things that need to happen and when they need to happen in bidding don't we all the time yeah. the thing that people don't talk about is that kind of the context around it the things that you need to be able to do those softer skills that will make you successful in bidding and one of them is that communication aspect you know it's that it, and, and Rack does it superbly that ability to be able to communicate with someone no matter what their background their culture oh. their age you know their, their level of seniority I mean as, as you know with me um I, I don't care how senior you are I will talk to you <laughs> in, the, in the same way as I talk to anyone um but um yeah I think it's it's definitely something that's worthwhile going to see if if, if you're there if you're attending the conference and it, it should be a bit of a breath of fresh air as well something that's presented slightly differently and yeah I think the thing conference this year has got a few interesting um mix of people to be paid in presentations mm. now there's the usual names that we would expect to see there that do all the good stuff um but there is some new people knocking around this year doing some different um um, talks and actually I suppose the good thing is this is all crowdsourced so all the um is that the right place is it crowdsourced yeah I think it is um so all the um all the presentations that we've done were voted for by the people in the APMB so it's good um you know this is what they want to talk about this is what they want to see so um yeah hopefully we'll get a good turnout um and then go from there so um, yes looking yeah. forward to that um right so conscious we're nearly wrapping out we're nearly running out of time so just to wrap up our last topic which is our mailbag so i when we decided to do this a few weeks back um i did put on linkedin um no we we are doing a podcast give us some questions tell no what are what do you want to talk about what do you want to hear us discuss um i wasn't expecting the first question i got to be 
such a contentious and tricky question. Um, but hey, you know, we, we put it out there. We asked the question. So I suppose we're duty bound to um, at least mention it and discuss it as much as we can. Um, so Faraz Jan from Joel Eve um, didn't let me down and give me a real difficulty. I know, you know he's um, a regular on some of our webinars and podcasts and uh, sorry, webinars and events that we do. And what he asked me to discuss with you um, was diversity in the bid and tender profession or lack thereof, um, mm. which is a bombshell one to drop on us on our first It's a, a hard-hitting. It's a hard-hitting one. Hard -hitting it's, one. Yeah. it's a really important one as well. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to put my piece on this in the fact that I'm going to say that I'm not best placed to answer this. Um, <laughs> I'm the wrong demographic, and I think it's a question that needs masses of debate. I think it needs more discussion what it's doing. It needs discussion with the right people. Um, it needs discussion on the right platform. But I will just you know, look from my point of view, which is probably not the best one. I do think what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing tells me that we are making progress. Yes. Whether we're making progress fast enough or quick enough, I don't know. I can't judge that. Um, but I think it is so important that we we have a little playing field. Um, I know in the team that we have over at Hobson, where you were, um, Alison, um, you know, we're heavily female. Um, I think the females way outweigh the blokes we've got. Uh, yeah. And actually, they're in you know, pretty much more senior roles than... The guys are so you know we are trying you know inadvertently because this you know, that wasn't a, a deliberate plan by us um but it is something that i think is a is a critical importance to the industry i think we're making steps i think we're making steps um but there's still yeah. there's still way to go so i mean obviously you being female um as you yeah. are um what's your sort of take on that um it, it's it is a it's it, it is a hard hitting subject. It's difficult. And obviously I can only I can talk from two standpoints. I can talk from the, the standpoint of being female and also the standpoint from being working class. Um, as I've said to you before, don't let the accent fool you. I've, I've spent a long time cultivating this uh, this way of speaking, um, primarily because and actually this is a really good example of it. Um, one of my previous managers who who you have met, Dave, I won't um, oust him on this call. Um, um, said to me, so uh, you know when you're at interview and uh, you use a good speaking voice, don't you, when you're at interview? Um, I then started speaking normally once he'd employed me and he actively said, if I knew you spoke like that, I would not have given you a job. Yeah. I know. And that's because I grew up in South East London. Um, so if you can imagine, my dad talks exactly like Del Boy. <laughs> completely you know and I've, I've i've said to you before how i was i was poor growing up you know we weren't the poorest but i was i was certainly that one of those kids who didn't have lunches who didn't have dinners you know we, we we struggled when i was younger and um coming from that kind of background and also as a female in the industry it, it, it is tough i've you know i've been through some experiences where um we've been i've been actively shut down um i know that i've been paid far less than people um in the same position as me and actually and another point to that is um ageism as well i've been in senior positions for a number of years now now i'm i'm 36 i'm not i'm not embarrassed about saying that um but you know my my last role i was um the youngest member of the team of the senior management team 
and I was paid substantially less than everyone else. Yeah. And that was, you know, partly because I was female, but also because I was younger than everyone else. And, you know, it's like, a, well, I'm being I'm being told that my work is of um, a better quality. So the strategies that I put together were, were better than the um, than the my peers on the same team. Yet I was paid less, you know, and there, there were times where I was actually paid less than people I was managing. I know. I know. So, you know, I, I, I do. I I. I get a little bit high horsey about this because I have experienced um, instances in my working life where um, being female, being younger and being working class have been detrimental to my progression. Um, but it's uh, there has been a tide that's turning and, and you can see it. Like I remember going into meetings with some central government departments and being asked to make the tea. Like genuinely, when I'm the person who's managing the account, it's like, oh, are you going to make the tea then? You know, or like a little kind of uh, someone touching your hand or, you know, just li little things like that. But what's the, the one good thing is that this is something that's um, it's out there now and people are appreciating it. And I think the reason why there's some reticence and why it can be deemed contentious is because it's changed and change can be difficult for people to understand you know anything that goes against the establishment anything that goes against um, the way we've always done things can often be scary to people especially if you've been operating in the same way for 40 to 50 years you know yeah. is it, you know suddenly suddenly knowing that instead of saying she or him you need to say there can be difficult for people and it can be difficult for people to you know understand why that's important to individuals so I think we do have we do have a long way to go um, and I think there's lots of things that we can be doing to help educate people and I think education is the key here it's about making people understand that diversity and having new talent having um, talent from different cultural backgrounds is really important within business primarily just because it gives you access to different ideas and different perspectives of how to um, of how to do things I mean we all know in terms of supply chain um, having a diverse supply chain with um, suppliers from different backgrounds um, makes a huge amount of difference. You know, it, it really does not only um, um, make your supply chains more robust, but it also means that you have access to more innovative ideas and um, solutions. Um, so it's it's only it can only be positive and I think that's how we have to drive it yeah. and that's that goes down to everyone and everyone has a responsibility to do this and and in your I mean, even in your role, Dave, I know that you 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 feel that you don't have um you're not necessarily the right demographic to talk about it, which <laughs> which I agree with. It, it, it is awkward. It is awkward for you. However, um, I can I can stand here, well, stand here, sit in my big chair, <laughs> and say with you know hand on heart that I know you do everything possible to make sure that anyone within your team feels included, to make sure that you are um, diversifying and doing whatever you can to um, support those individuals within within Hobbs, and essentially that's all you can do. But what you can do is help everyone to promote these um yes. these issues and that's why i agree with you when you say but if we're going to have a proper discussion about this it needs to be a panel it needs to be a panel of people that um represent different areas and different people rather than us just from our standpoint dictating almost what how we feel about the the issues that are prevalent at the moment yeah i think no, i think you're right and i think it's um it's definitely one that we may touch on later um if we can get the right panel together i think is the, the good way to it so um yeah yeah it's interesting so 
Faraz, I know um, I probably haven't answered your question properly. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, but let, let's just let's just keep talking. Yeah, definitely. I think in, in answer in answer to the question at the moment, it's it's that's one for us to decide with the panel. Yes. Essentially, what we need to do is get the right people together. And, you know, he can be involved as well, potentially. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about it's about getting the right people together and having that discussion, having that engagement and that communication and understanding mm. um, how we can solve this and how we can help to diversify within the in the industry. Because uh, us two just stand as uh, sitting here nattering about it, you know, whilst it publicizes it, it doesn't really do a huge amount of good. No. Um, but, you know, the, the, the fact is getting the right people in the right room at the right time, making these decisions and thinking, right, this is the plan. This is how we're going to move forward. Let's set ourselves up as thought leaders it, you know within the industry and how we can drive this forward that's the way that you can command change exactly absolutely well said um right so i think we're about out of time so yes oh. no, 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 no. I mean, the thing is me and you could probably talk about these topics all day and not get anything done so um i suppose we better actually yeah. go and earn a bit cup, of cup of tea and a bicky <laughs> set the world to right as oh, me no. as, as me and used to say <laughs> Very good. Um, so hopefully this will be coming out in a couple of days. Um, we are going to be doing another one. I'm not sure who's going to be on it yet. It might be Greg. It might be James. It might be you. It might be Emily. Me. 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 Ah, well, <laughs> we might do a panel with people. I don't know. Um, we'll have a think next week. Discuss the thing. So on say thanks to everybody who is going to download and listen to this us two wittering around. Um, and then if you do have questions, we you know we're welcome anybody to come and join us and talk to us and um yeah hopefully i'll speak to you all in a few weeks all right cheers guys bye bye bye, bye.